You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. A game that was a microcosm of the Chiefs' 2023 season it took everyone to get it done. The offense started slow and the defense kept them in it. Special teams had two of the biggest plays of the entire game. The Chiefs' offense had run seven plays for a total of 16 yards in the first quarter. The first nine offensive drives resulted in five punts, two turnovers, and two field goals. But the Chiefs scored on their final four drives of the game. One was a gift on a short field after a muffed punt. And everything changed after that touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scaling. Three drives, all over 60 yards and lasting more than 10 plays, helped, the, helped lead the Chiefs to victory and back-to-back Super Bowl titles for the first time in nearly 20 years for any team across the NFL. 46% of the Chiefs' total offensive yardage in this game against the 49ers came on their final three drives of the game. The muffed punt and blocked extra point were two of the biggest and key moments in a game that will live in Chiefs lore forever. When it came time to earn the title of champions, Patrick Mahomes and company proved once again that they're on a different level. Thank you for tuning in here to 10 Things on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel. I'm going to be doing this show by myself. My ears are ringing. I don't feel great. I'm tired, much like everybody out there uh, watching and or listening. So we appreciate it. Help. Uh, please, I want this to be an interactive show. Tucker's producing this thing, or Tucker Franklin. Uh, make sure you send your comments, your questions, and uh, how you're feeling about the game uh, at this point, because uh, I don't think anyone's going to be over that one for a while. We'll be celebrating this one for a very long time. But before we get into the 10 things that stood out and the 10 things you got to know uh, from that game last night, but first, check out <clears throat> Mission Taco Joint's new party packs. Their taco bar party packs include two proteins, two sauces, rice, beans, toppings, and tortillas. And the best part, it comes in one easy-to-serve box. It's already set up for you. You can't go wrong with the dip trip either. Salsa, guac, and queso. Not a bad trio right there. Kind of like the Chiefs' three Super Bowls in the past five years. Not going to get old saying that. But again, appreciate everybody for hanging out and bearing with me uh, through this show. Haley's got the day off. We got... Special shout out to everybody last night that tuned in to uh, our post-game show for one. Make sure to go check that out. That's a lot of fun. Uh, but also our stream with Bleacher Report. Um, we appreciate the people at Bleacher Report, and we appreciate everybody at the Kansas City Power and Light District that uh, were very accommodating for us during our second screen live watch party uh, with 25,000 people uh, from Power and Light. Uh, appreciate everybody at Mosaic uh, for taking care of us. We were set it up right on their little balcony in the VIP area right there. Had a phenomenal uh, location. Um, one of my favorite just situations uh, to be in to watch a Chiefs game. It was absolutely awesome. And yes, Stuart McCutcheon, feeling great, still in shock. Uh, I feel the exact same way. And Balloon Raccoon, I'm still in a little disbelief, to be honest, man, that was so stressful. This team, man, I I have the receipts because we did it <laughs> throughout the entire watch party, but I just kept saying, this is what it's all about. This is fun. Uh, Haley was a little stressed, to be honest, but uh, we've seen this too many times with this group to not give them the benefit of the doubt, not believe they're going to pull it through depart, despite how it may look. But let's get into our 10 things. There's a lot to cover on this game. Again, we appreciate everybody for uh, listening to the audio, watching the video, whether it's live or watching after the fact, we appreciate it. And if this is your first time listening to the show, it's just a lot of information, whether it comes from social media, whether it comes from the game notes put out by the Chiefs Communications Department, um, different analytics sites, uh, just different information that's out there. Uh, adding context to what the Chiefs just did, both as a team, individually, from the coaching staff, 
Uh, there's a lot of cool nuggets in here and just a lot of meat, a lot of info. So <clears throat> the Chiefs have now won their fourth Super Bowl and appeared in total of six. With six Super Bowl appearances in franchise history, the Chiefs now have the sixth most Super Bowl appearances in the Super Bowl era. The Super Bowl win makes it back-to-back victories, and the Chiefs became the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since the 03-04 New, New England Patriots. And now with two back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, Chiefs also did it in 2019 and 2020, the Chiefs are one of eight teams to have multiple back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. Marks the ninth time in NFL history the team has won back-to-back Super Bowls. I know this has already been put out there, and I've put it out there. I've talked about it a little bit. We want to celebrate this one. We want to properly give it its due. But when dangling carrots in front of these greatest of all time type coaches, players in this group, trying to figure out a way to keep them motivated when they're at the top of their game, all you have to tell them is there are a lot of teams. It's been 20 years since team won back-to-back Super Bowls. Teams have done that before. Again, ninth time in NFL history, a team won back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, very rare in the long scheme of grand scheme of things, but no team has ever won three in a row. So if you're looking for a reason that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, um, hopefully Chris Jones, we'll see how that plays out with the contract situation. But uh, the rest of those guys, Trent McDuffie, uh, LeJarius Steed, Nick Bolden, both have contract um, situations coming up this offseason. Hopefully they get paid. You want to pay everybody. Um, trust Brett Veach at this point to to do what's best uh, to keep putting him in position to to win but again no one's ever won three in a row and you dangle that carrot in front of these guys um, and winning two is hard but three and all of a sudden you're doing something that no one's ever done and you can literally call yourself the greatest dynasty in NFL history and separate yourselves from other legendary teams and players and uh, organizations and just stretches of phenomenal football uh, Kyle Henning found myself asking if this is real life multiple times since the end of overtime last night. I agree. I we'll get into the Mahomes stuff here, but it's just you couldn't like the script writers. It's, everything's a joke now about script, but you couldn't script it any better for anyone that doubted Patrick Mahomes, didn't believe um, that he was going to be able to get it done for whatever reason, whether it was him, whether it was the guys who were around him, but to throw a touchdown with the closing seconds of the first overtime. Um, to McCole Hardman, we'll get into it, but the fact that McCole Hardman and MVS were the two guys who caught the touchdowns is just so poetically beautiful. And I believe it might not have been the first tackle for loss, but one of the first tackles for loss in this game was some Felix Andy Duque Uzama, who was a healthy scratch as a first-round pick for the Chiefs in the AFC title game. Charles Amena, who's down, he gets called up and he immediately makes an impact. Don't know, haven't broken down the game in that kind of way to know uh, how many more snaps he got, what kind of impact, how did he play, but you see him step up and make a play, and you're like, of course, it's that. That's just how this thing seems to go uh, with the Chiefs. The guys who struggle, the guys who make mistakes, are the guys who come back and not only make up for it, they make for, up for it in the biggest of moments. <clears throat> and speaking of biggest of moments, Andy Reid, he now owns three Super Bowl trophies as a head coach and a set of back-to-back Super Bowl wins after defeating his former team, the Eagles, 38-35, in Super Bowl 57 last year before taking down the 49ers, 25-22, both three-point victories uh, in Super Bowl 58 last night. There have only been nine coaches who have been to four or more Super Bowls, including Reed. Reed is the fifth coach in NFL history to win three or more Super Bowls. With today's victory, he also becomes the seventh head coach to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Again, we talk about Andy Reed's legacy. He's already in the top, what, four all-time in wins. As a head coach, he's climbing the ranks very quickly now <laughs> in the postseason. Uh, as far as how he's viewed 
Um, and I think when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, regards of how many he gets, it's going to be a conversation between Bill Belichick and Andy Reid um, on who the greatest coach of all time is. I don't care what Marlon Humphrey have to say. It's very disrespectful. Um, but uh, I agree with Dion on that one. <clears throat> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up later. But um, you can't not be happy for Andy Reid and uh, the Chiefs organization for for what they did in, in a season that we all know it's one thing to doubt whether or not you think they can get it done in the middle of the season with the way the offense was struggling saying, I don't think we're going to be able to get it done um, with all these drops, all these things going on. But all the people who doubted, if you would have honestly asked them and myself included, do I think with all the drops, they would get it done looking at 50,000 feet? I wasn't sure. But if you're going to tell me, do I think in a playoff game against Buffalo, Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, and then San Francisco, murderer's row of opponents he had to face. Was I ever going to bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in a one game that meant something? No. So we can talk about all the drops. We can talk about all the frustrations during the regular season, and we didn't think they were going to get it done. Honestly, ask yourself, do you did you doubt that these guys would be able to go win an important game with all the pressure going on the other side? And we've seen these guys time and time again show to be cool, calm, and collected um, in the biggest of moments. And we've got stats about how the offense uh, <clears throat> played down the stretch. And it, it's amazing that, I mean, looking at Patrick Mahomes, he goes, I believe, eight for eight on the final drive, three scrambles for 27 yards, converts two third downs and a fourth down on the final drive. The final three drives, all lasting over 10 plays, all over 60 yards. Um, like I said off the top, 46% of the Chiefs' total offensive yards in the Super Bowl came on their final three drives, two in the fourth quarter and one in overtime. 11 drives or 12 drives in the game overall. Um, maybe it's actually been 13. Uh, one of those was just one play on the touchdown to MVS after the muffed punt. But um, unbelievable performance, and Andy Reid just keeps stacking. And speaking of stacking, it's time for the Patrick Mahomes section of the show. Uh, Mahomes carves out his name in the history books. Mahomes now owns a set of back-to-back Super Bowl victories after taking down, again, the Eagles and the 49ers. And Mahomes' performance through the air against the 49ers advanced him in the postseason Passing record books is 333 yards with 34 completions on 46 attempts against the 49ers gives him 5,135 career passing yards in the postseason and his performance against the Niners secured him the eighth most past postseason passing yards in NFL history. Mahomes connected with two different receivers for touchdowns. We talked about it with McColl and MVS bringing his career passing touchdown total to 41 which surpassed Peyton Manning for the fifth most postseason passing touchdowns in NFL history. Mahomes added another 66 yards on the ground, furthering his franchise record to 525 postseason rushing yards. Tucker, we've talked about this one before. I don't like that one. That's just kind of sad to the Chiefs. Yeah, that was a tough one. That was, he's, he's awesome, and we yeah. talked about before. The Chiefs offense is at their most dangerous. We talked about it on the screen. I've got so many receipts. I might go through the stream and be like, you know what? I got a lot wrong, but like I got a lot of that right. Where the offense for the Chiefs becomes super dangerous, and I don't think they really flip it on. And so Mahomes is like, I got him right where I want him. They're running all of now. Nah, I'm just going to scramble. They're not paying attention yeah. to me. Anymore. I'm just going to scramble for some yards. We had that conversation too. We were watching the game before we uh, we hopped on and did the show, and I said, you know, once Mahomes really started to get the scrambling and the running game going for himself. That's when I felt like, oh, it's over. Like yep. once he gets that going, like that's when you have a feeling that he's he's got really turned on. Yeah. 
All right, the only quarterbacks in NFL history postseason who have more touchdown passes in the postseason are Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Montana, and Tom Brady. They've all played in at least four, if not significantly more games than Patrick Mahomes. So I like his chances after one more postseason. Uh, he is five postseason touchdown throws away from being second all time in the postseason. He'll do that at 29 years old next year. They they play two games. He has five touchdowns. He'll be number two to Tom Brady. He was 88. So he's got a little bit. But Tom Brady played in 48 postseason games. Mahomes has played in 18. He's 15 and three in those games too. <laughs> Insane. I can't not giggle when you say things. Like yeah, that. it's nuts. Again, I appreciate everybody from bearing with you. Can't tell a little tired over here. <laughs> the ears are still ringing uh, from all the noise last night at the party. But man, what an atmosphere! What a time! What a place to be! Uh, power and light. If you weren't in Vegas, hopefully you were with friends, family, loved ones, or wherever you watch games. And everybody does a little bit differently. Uh, I generally like to pace by myself and not be around people. So uh, it was a different experience for me uh, during the game. But uh, shout out Haley and uh, the whole crew from Bleacher Report that were there for our second screen and Tucker's helping out. Uh, had a hell of a time. Got some great shots. We have uh, uh, some great clips, some great video uh, that we'll have later this week to share on our social channels at KC Sports Network of the atmosphere and kind of like what our viewpoint was during that game and just um, showing Chiefs Kingdom in their element uh, in this gold major Chiefs football and being right there with them, right in the center of it. It was awesome. And then walking down Main Street, having like a little impromptu parade. Uh, unbelievable. Tucker went on the north side of Maine yeah. to go to River Market. I went on the south side because we had parked in Crossroads. Um, and rather than trying to get on the street, we were walking to the streetcar. Oh we got like right where I was like, yeah, there's no shot. They blocked the street completely. Right. But uh, we were walking down and Scotty, the guy, buddy who's with us, um, doing some video. Uh, he started shooting everybody because they were hanging out their cars. Uh, they are jumping and dancing on top of cars driving down Maine. It was awesome. It was nuts. And I actually was walking north up to the river market and there were two streetcars just like stopped on the road. They're just, they were like, you know what? We're just not going to even drive. like, I want to party. Yeah. And I think uh, I thought about like saying, Hey, are you guys going to go? But then somebody ahead of me had asked like the driver, like you guys move it. And they're like, no, like we can't go anywhere, which yeah. made sense. Cause there were so many people just celebrating, wanted to be a part of it and just wanted to celebrate with other Chiefs fans. And there was a ton of them down there to be with. I want to give another shout out. Cause I don't know how much you, I know you were working a lot and you didn't necessarily have the viewpoint that I did. Uh, but I want to shout out and I don't know him super well, but maybe Katie does an awesome job. Yeah. Uh, hosting that party with, uh, I don't know who the other guy was. I couldn't hear anything. Um, I heard it early before the game started, but, um, those guys did a phenomenal job on the stage show at PNL, um, in between breaks in between like quarters, all that stuff. Like they, they're on it. I mean, it was a giant party for hours and hours and hours and it's very well done. Somebody had asked me on social media, what time should I get down there to find a spot? And I was like, we got here two and a half hours before the game, three hours. Yeah. It was the middle part was packed. There was nowhere to go. Right. For the people that didn't necessarily have a table set up if you want to fork over a couple grand oh just to get in yeah. some of those places the tables were a lot but it was packed they were full and they were sold out um all right let's move on patrick mahomes here when mahomes took the field for super bowl 58 marked his fourth super bowl appearance in and fourth in five years he is now the eighth quarterback in league history to start in four or more super bowls only two quarterbacks have played in more than four john elway and tom brady as Mahomes hoisted the Lombardi Trophy following his team's 25-22 victory 
He became one of five starting quarterbacks in NFL history to win three or more Super Bowls. Only three quarterbacks have more than three. Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw, and Joe Montana. You're just saying you want to know like and memorize it's like stats that you can tell your friends. That's a stat that is going to be talked about over the next year. Only three quarterbacks have more Super Bowls than Patrick Mahomes does right now at 28 years old. Tom Brady has seven. And then Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana both have four. If the Chiefs are able to get it done next, next year, he'll tie for the second most and it'll be the first team in NFL history to three-peat, uh, which started talking about comparisons to like Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's a pretty solid one. A three-peat's a pretty solid, pretty solid deal there. I can't believe. can't even say, like I'm reading it and I know it's true. It just feels weird coming out. It's insane. Again, I appreciate everybody for hanging out. Please hit the like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, we've got plenty of content. I'm really looking forward to the breakdown this week. Uh, Matt Hamilton, Chase Daniel, saw that he put out on social media that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. He just came out and said it. Like, he is the best to ever play the position. And that guy, along with Matt Hamilton from the Up and Adam show on FanDuel TV, those guys uh, every week on our YouTube channel break down Patrick Mahomes' performances. They take three or four plays. They kind of dissect them. And the chase breaks it down for everyone to understand, A, what Patrick Mahomes is doing, and B, what makes him special. Uh, it's cool because these are the same plays that Chase, like Chase actually knows. 99% of the time, guys are kind of guessing, and most former guys can kind of right. understand um, outside of tendency breakers and things that maybe they're being taught to kind of be out of pocket a little bit on things they've noticed on film or whatever it is. Uh, but Chase knows. Like he actually knows the plays. Uh, and for him to to kind of break down Mahomes' greatness uh, just adds another layer to it. Uh, it's really awesome to watch. So make sure you check out uh, the breakdown on uh, Casey Sports Network's YouTube channel uh, later this week. I don't know. When do they record? Uh, they're, they're trying to work it out. Uh, I believe Matt Hamilton... No, it's Chase is in Hawaii all week. So uh, uh, Chase is in Hawaii. He said he'll find 20 minutes to do it. Uh, but an interesting nugget that uh, Matt Hamilton sent in our group chat today, uh, he said that the two of the biggest plays that the Chiefs ran in the Super Bowl were two plays that the Missouri Tigers, when they were both there, ran a lot. So I know there's some ties between Andy and Mizzou and Mizzou and the Chiefs, but I mean, there's... I'm going to be really disappointed if the coolest play that the Chiefs ran came from like a mid-2000 Missouri Tiger. Like I was hoping for like a 1920 (laughs) high school state championship in like rural Wyoming really cool i think here's a hot take maybe the chiefs should run the triple option more because it worked when patrick Mahomes did it i saw the interview uh that peter king did with andy reed we're talking before you should check that anybody listening go watch the peter king interview um he and andy reed have been close for a long time so uh coach is pretty comfortable with him opens up gives him more football (laughs) knowledge than anybody else um as far as breaking down plays and uh you know, that touchdown to McCole Hardman kind of looking like corndog, like what we saw last year for the two touchdowns against the Eagles. And it looked very similar. Um, but he spent time, and I thought it was really cool how he was talking about Mahomes' um, scramble on the fourth and one, the design play following Kelsey, and that it's a naked um, out to that side. And that if they're facing um, zone, he's got to make a play. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to the way Andy Reid describes it, but Matt Nagy designed that play. Mm-hmm. And that Mahomes basically has the option to throw to Kelsey, who was covered because they were in man. Yep. Um, and then able to scramble for it. And then if they're in zone, there's a couple other options and routes that are broken off other places. So 
Uh, couldn't recommend. I think it's like 15, 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> Matt Nagy comes in and gives a present uh, to Peter King and then Dave Tobe walks in. More like interested in like the things that are going wrong. You tell he's sitting in the coach's office. Yeah. Uh, just talking to Peter King. I don't know how long ago, how long after the game they interviewed, they did that interview, but uh, pretty cool to get Peter King getting Andy Reid in that moment because there are very few people in the media that could get Andy Reid, I believe, for 20 minutes after the Super Bowl one-on-one, uh, but let alone to break things down uh, the way he does and as honest and open as he is about things, but you don't have to hold anything back if you just want a Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> and just run back-to-back. Like, yeah. Let's lay it all out there. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, back to Patrick Mahomes. The most touchdown passes uh, in his Super Bowl history for quarterbacks. Mahomes is now fifth. 28 years old, he's fifth. He's got seven touchdowns in Super Bowls, only trailing Roger Staubach, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, and Tom Brady. He's also fifth in passing yards in Super Bowl history, which third and tied for third and wins for fourth, fifth in touchdowns, fifth in yards. And as he said after the game, he's just getting started. The dynasty's just beginning, mm-hmm. according to Patrick Mahomes. Because Tuck, I'm going to say these words and I'm going to get tingly. Quarterback's prime in the NFL, 28 to 33-ish. Right. Because athleticism starts to die down, but that's when they really understand the game. We already know Mahomes understands the game at, at that level. Um, but he's going to be physically in his prime, staying healthy for five more years. <laughs> Maybe six. And then it's going to, maybe he can't do some of the same scramble type things. At that point, he's going to have seven rings. Right. He's going to, he's going to then turn it to Tom Brady where he's just becomes a pocket passer. The number of Super Bowls the Chiefs win going forward is going to be dependent upon Brett Veach just drafting. We've talked about this before that the Tom Brady wasn't the reason that the Patriots had a dynasty. Obviously, For sure. He helped a lot. Yeah. They, the Patriots nailed two drafts in a row right when Brady was there and that's what they needed to do and the Chiefs nailed two drafts in a row we saw with the second year guys uh, we'll get to them here in a second but um, absolutely special but you know we're already 20 minutes in Tuck how about we take a quick break and we come back we just have one break yeah. um, for this show but uh, we'll be right back after this and talk a little Travis Kelsey we appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. I'm a very tired BJ Kissel reading through uh, more crazy stats that are kind of waking me up a little bit and kind of making me feel like I'm still dreaming a little bit when talking about a team that we grew up ready for is now all of a sudden among the teams that have played the most Super Bowls and have the most Super Bowl wins. Uh, Not how we see ourselves. I don't think we're ever going to see ourselves that way. We're just going to pretend this is a giant dream and, and still enjoy this so. Uh, if you feel the same way, please let us know. Again, uh, send your questions, your comments, the things that stood out to you about this game. And um, yeah, 11. The Chiefs will win 11 Super Bowls uh, per angry, drunken German. Can you imagine? Four in a row sounds good. Can you imagine if they went like seven straight? Oh my gosh. Nick Wright would run, run for president at that point. I bet Nick Wright's having a good day today. I they're like I watch the stuff on so, like the clips on social yeah. and I said like yeah. tune into the show. It's for, true for a lot of things. But I did like the graphic that he put out last week of like the ten players with the most to, or the ten people with the most to gain if the Chiefs win. He was number two. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And from a national perspective, there's nobody outside of Peter Schrager uh, that has been in the Chiefs' yeah. corner as much. But Nick has just got a, a way with words and a way of doing it that's impressive. And cool to watch. <laughs> Local guy continue to back his team the way that he has, um, and do it on a platform while growing his brand without coming across. Like a homer and being wrong. Not a homer, you're yeah, wrong. Right. And he's great, good friends with uh, his darkness. Yeah. And Rice got all those guys over at uh, Amateur Hour. So I think I even saw Nick tweet, uh, Nick Wright tweet about Dirk during the game or after the game about the Chiefs. Uh, maybe I think he was citing Dirk on a stat that he did, that he pulled up. So um, awesome. it's really cool to see all of a sudden you see those two worlds kind of clash together and. Uh, yeah, it's good to see him not forget about it. Forget about Kansas City once he goes big time. Yeah, maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. All right, Travis Kelsey time. Yeah. Travis Kelsey has now appeared in four Super Bowls with three victories. Doc didn't know if he knew that. Mm. Kelsey posted nine receptions for ninety-three yards, both game highs. He now owns three hundred and fifty career receiving yards in Super Bowls, ranking fourth most in NFL history. His nine receptions also cemented him. In the history books, giving him 31 total receptions in Super Bowls, he now only trails Jerry Rice's 33 receptions in four Super Bowls. You get into conversation with and Jerry Rice and postseason yeah. receiving statistics as a tight end. Silly. I was putting together the best 
uh, the video that went out just before the Super Bowl, and it was about Travis Kelsey's statistics in Super Bowl games. He's had some pretty good Super Bowl games, uh, and just like his statistics, as, as you just read, I mean, it's it's impressive just his performance that he's had in these four games. I want to bring him in. We still have more Travis Kelsey stuff to get. Let me get through this real quick. I want to bring up a point. Yep. Um, so the three guys that have more receiving yards in Super Bowls than Travis Kelsey um, receiving yards, Len Swan, Rob Gronkowski, and Jerry Rice. Um, Rob Gronkowski has 14 more receiving yards in one more game. So Kelsey plays in one more Super Bowl and has at least 14 yards. Um, he'll be there. And then, again, we just brought up receptions, only trailing Jerry Rice, passing Gronk, Andre Reed, and Wes Welker. Now, the point I wanted to bring up, and I don't know how much you were listening during the second screen watch party, and I know I, from what I've seen after the fact of the Travis Kelsey-Andy Reed interaction, which he, which he talks about with Peter King, mind you, and I'm glad he said it because I would not, Haley kept bringing it up, and just to be like, as a, you know, conversation point. Yeah. I said, I couldn't think that means less than what everybody else does. I, it was a long time ago and I was there one year and I know it's not a ton of experience, but interactions like that on the sideline, it was 2019. I was a sideline reporter for the radio network. Conversate, heated conversations like that happen all the time. Now it was a little different because he startled coach. Yeah. You could see it and he kind of jumps. He doesn't hit him. He just startled coach. And I said that to Haley on the stream. And with Peter King afterwards, email or email when he asked about it, he said he startled me, and um, it caught me off guard. But I love that about him. That is why I have the relationship I do with him because he cares so much because yeah. he gets after it. And I, I'm glad he said it. It was one of the things. I don't know how you felt about it when you saw it. I didn't think if anything it was going to help them. I in no way thought that that was going to be a negative thing for the right. team. That if anything, it fired them up, fired everybody else around the team up, seeing how much Kelsey was into it. But it two minutes after that wasn't going to affect. They weren't going to sure. remember it until they were asked about it later. So I had tweeted, I had tweeted out the video, and I said something to the effect of like, "People are going to make a big deal out of this, but I don't think it's a big deal. This is just how like those guys communicate." Yeah, I think people took exception with the contact that he made, but as you mentioned. He does startle him, and I think people kept calling it a shove. There was no shove there. There was no extension he of touching them. But Coach even said he was like, "I'm old. I don't have great balance." He's got a new hip. He's got like two new knees. Like he's right. physically not been great over the last few years uh, with some of the surgeries and stuff. Not that it has anything to do with it, but like catches Coach off guard. Didn't see him coming, and it looks worse. Too. Yeah, it looks worse than it was. Um, and even I, so, I like it was a, it's. It's much to do about nothing. But Twitter disagreed with me. Uh, Twitter, I, I got lambasted on Twitter. That, like they're saying he should be benched. I was like, that is ludicrous. I did see somebody use it to bring up how he should be a role model and not go after coaches because then Little League players think that they can go after the coaches like that. Like when Little League players put what Travis Kelsey has put into this and to what they do in their craft and their, live, right. their livelihoods into this, then they can be on that same standing. But... I think we should be able to, as a society, think a little bit separate more those. critically. Yeah. Just uh, kind of separate those situations. But, uh, but hey, you know, you get likes on social media. All right, let's move on to number five. Rashi Rice makes history. Hmm. 
With six receptions in Super Bowl 58, Rice totaled 39 yards on the day. That's a little surprising. I thought it would be more than that. 39 yards on the day, giving him 262 rookie postseason receiving yards. His 262 receiving yards are the second most in a rookie postseason in NFL history. He had 33 yards after the catch today, giving him the second most yak yards in a single Chiefs postseason game. His 33 yards after the catch also give him the most yards after a catch in a rookie postseason since 2018, passing wide receiver Jamar Chase. So second best postseason for a rookie in NFL history. Wow. Another way of stating all of that information. Um, I thought it was pretty amazing, Tucker, that we spent, and I did, because if you look at the numbers, I'm like, the 49ers play 70-something percent zone. They played more zone than any other team in the NFL. But yet, when you go back and watch some of the biggest plays in the game, including the throw to um, Jarek McKinnon on mm-hmm. the third down, those were man cu- those were man beaters. And it wasn't just that it was a man beater that was called, whether they checked into it or they just ran it. The big third down conversion on the final drive to Rasheed Rice across the middle was a man beater. Yeah, They were either in the right call or got into the right call. And that's a shout-out to... Patrick Mahomes, Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, everybody on the sideline. And maybe this is the stuff that people will dig into over the next month to figure out like what was happening in the locker room, what were the conversations like, because Chiefs offense had struggled. Talked about it before. Besides the four-minute drive at the end of the first half that I remember talking about with Haley on the stream saying, this is situational football that these guys work on going back to OTAs. Four-minute drive they work on all the time, and they execute situational football so well that it wasn't surprising that they went down and they it was one of the best drives they had in the game. I think it was their longest drive. It was at the end of the first half. But their final three drives, all going for like 10, 11, 12 plays, over 60 yards, scored on all of them, they'd figured something out. And whether it was just 49ers are running man, a lot more man, or let's count on a big moment, having them be in man and check out of it if we have to, whatever, however that went down. I just thought it was pretty telling and I'm looking forward to the content that comes out over the next month and breaking it down and getting the stories of how it all went down um, to figure out like who and how that happened uh, to get into those plays against that defense that hadn't shown that look a whole lot. I just, those are the, the, the chess match moves uh, um, in there that are just, those are the things that are fascinating to me. I think the Chiefs in this game, we talked about it a lot, heading into it about the coaching about how the Chiefs had a coaching advantage, and you mentioned it in the in the moments that it really mattered. Were there some questionable coaching decisions from on the Chiefs side of things? Sure, uh, I think there were coaching questionable coaching decisions on both things. But as you mentioned, when it mattered, when it came down to it, in those positions, they had the guys either in the right calls or getting to the right calls uh, consistently. And I think that that was really a, a big thing was uh, was the coaching in this one. Yeah, I'm still surprised. Um, and I didn't know the rules at the end of the first overtime. I thought I was freaking out. Like, what are we doing? All the time out. I thought it was going to turn over. They're going to flip a coin or whatever. Didn't know it just went from like first quarter to second quarter. Right, because they still have the possession. on that on the stream. I won't I won't clip that out for uh, all the things I got right. I'll leave keep, part out. Keep that one. There. Yeah. Save that one back. But um, yeah, I, I was really surprised in the overtime that San Francisco took the ball. With the new rules, because then you yeah you go down and get a field goal, you give the other team the opportunity to say, "Are we going to go for the win? Are we going to go for a field goal?" It'd been really interesting to know how Andy, Andy Reid mm. would have. And even if they and I, I brought it up on the stream, they get to the thirty-eight, and it's fourth and one. 
what do you do? Like, do you kick the field goal or do you go for it on fourth down? Because you kick the field goal, San Francisco gets the ball back, they kick a field goal, they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, like, there was some strategy stuff that ended up not mattering, but how would they have handled uh, some of those types of things? Um, Andy Reid did give a shout-out to Mike Frazier, too, after uh, uh, on... It was Monday's press conference. He gave a gave a shout out to him about like, hey, we knew the scenarios going into it. We knew we were well aware of all the rules because Mike has prepared. Basically, is what he said. Huh. Um, so Mike Frazier is the statistical analysis coordinator. Yep. Uh, if you're listening, you're not familiar. He is awesome. Yeah, He's always I mean, good to me when I work there. He's a great dude. And those are the like those are the guys that don't get enough credit that help coach and all those guys. Kind of like Brant Tillis, who just got the job with uh, the Carolina Panthers. Brant was instrumental. Uh, and some of the contract negotiations and the money stuff uh, for Brett Veach. And then Brett Veach, as nature of the business, nature of the beast, like gets all the credit, all the blame, but there are a lot of people around him that help make decisions that are tasked with making decisions and not just pro- providing information. Um, but love hearing guys like Mike Frazier getting their love. So, all right, let's move on to number six. I mentioned this earlier, but um, it's poetic that the two touchdown receptions in this game were Marquez, <laughs> Valdez, Scantling, and McCole Hardman. Cole Hardman starts the year with the Jets. MVS starts this season with uh, one host on KC Sports Network saying he's the guy. Somebody's going to get all these extra targets, and I thought MVS was going to be the guy. I drafted him on my fantasy football team. I was all in, and it just didn't work out that way. I don't think anybody's going to forget necessarily the postseason, some of the drops, but he added a butt when you talk about Marquez Valdez scaling. And if his time with the Chiefs is done, we'll see. Uh, how that all plays out, but if his time if his time is done, he did a fantastic job adding a giant butt into anything that talked about. It. You say he was awful and he dropped this this, but when it mattered the most, the dude made the plays. And at the end of the day, that's all you can really ask for. It's all that really matters. Yeah, I mean, shrug. I, I you said it great. I think you said it great. I mean, that's all that it would. When the lights were on, when it had to happen, he caught a touchdown pass to give him the lead the first time. Before. That changed that that play changed everything. Yeah, they could have look. The Chiefs the could muff. have like uh, after the muff punt, they could have ran the football a little bit. They could have maybe tried to matriculate the ball a little bit, but they went right to the end zone. They went right to MVS, who was wide open, caught that touchdown pass, uh, gave a big confidence boost to really the whole team. I, I didn't think the Chiefs were going to lose the lead after that because of the way how the, how the defense was playing now. They do because the Niners put together a pretty good drive right after that. But that really did change momentum, I think, uh, for the whole game. And then you talk about McColl too, running Tom and Jerry's while Patrick Mahomes is calling it. I think Andy Reid said it was uh, it was corn dog, but it's it's corn dog esque, right? It's in the he called it Tom and Jerry to Peter King too. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah, he's a two man. He said there was a shovel pass option that's option one to yeah. Jerick that was covered, and then. McColl is going to be open, and Peter King's. That's like I won't paraphrase the interaction, but again, it's a good interview. You should go check that out. All right, tell me, it was after the fumble recovery from Jalen Watson, second year player on the muff punt. She's punched it in the end zone to take the lead for the first time in Super Bowl Fifty Eight on the pass to MVS. It was on the sixteen yard line. It's the first play after the muffed punt. And it gave the Chiefs a lead at thirteen to ten in the third quarter. And for as poorly as it felt like offensively, the Chiefs have been playing. For them to take a lead at that point, it changed everything because the next three drives for the Chiefs all resulted in points. Again, all were over 10, 10 plays and all over 60 yards. And again, 46% of the Chiefs' offensive 
total yardage came on the three drives after the muffed punt. Something something changed, whether it was just, hey, let's stop treating them like the 49ers that we thought were going to play a lot of zone, and we'll just treat them like whoever, right. um, where they can go back to other plays that maybe not you know, in the, the game plan for that week, but plays that they all knew. Um, that's where we got to rely on Nate Taylor, some of those guys who are like, how do you adjust? Or beat writers asking phenomenal questions. And Chiefs fans are lucky. There's a lot of great beat writers cover the team on a daily basis. All right, then McCall Hardman. Give it a little love for his touchdown. He held a three-yard touchdown pass with three seconds left on the clock in overtime. To see it only... For a second, I saw that it was 13 seconds, and I was like... Just three. Swifties. They, they did score. Over. The Chiefs did score a touchdown on the 13th drive, though. To win the game. That was the last one. That was a game-winning drive. Oh, was drive thirteen? I'm sure there's more thirteen connections that you can find if you look hard enough. Uh, that was uh, Taylor Swift's thirteen games she attended. Of course, Hardman also added a game long 52 yard reception and finished the game with three receptions for 57 yards and the touchdown. All right, let's move on. Number seven, George Karloftis, Leo Chanel tag team for the turnover on the opening drive of Super Bowl 58. Chanel forced the fumble of Christian McCaffrey that was recovered by George Karloftis. Two second-year players, both on rookie deals. This was Chanel's first for, first forced fumble in his postseason career and Karloftis' second postseason fumble recovery of his career after recovering one in the AFC Championship game against the Ravens two weeks ago. In the second quarter, Karloftis got home splitting a sack with Justin Reed and forcing the 49ers to punt. The half-sack gives Karloftis four sacks in his postseason career, tying Justin Houston for the fourth most in Chiefs postseason history. Karloftis went on to be a force the rest of the game with five tackles, two of which were solo, half sack, resulted in a loss of two yards, and three quarterback hits. Now Charles Amenehu, with the attention that we knew Chris Jones always gets, you need the other guys to step up and make plays. We talk about it all the time with the offense. I'm not sick of talking about it, but so much of the offense isn't necessarily Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey because you accept you expect your superstars to step up and make plays. The reason that the Chiefs' offense in the postseason and down the stretch of the regular season started performing better was simply that the role players and the other guys caught the football. It was Justin Watson. They only had one drop, and it was Justin Watson in this game. Justin Watson made some key plays. Marquez Valdez-Scaling had the ball thrown his direction in some key moments. Noah Gray had a key catch. Jarek McKinnon had key catches for the Chiefs offensively. And Isaiah Pacheco even with the fumble, and even without putting up huge yardage totals, did his job down the stretch and put the Chiefs in a position to win the game. And you you need everybody. And so for the Chiefs, so much of their defense, talking about Legereus Need and Trent McDuffie, and we knew Steve Spagnolo loves to send guys. He loves to send pressure. He puts those cornerbacks on an island, and you're going to put them on an island against Brock Purdy, who going into that game was the most accurate deep ball passer in the NFL. He completed 63% of his passes and went beyond 20 yards down the field. Now, I don't know what the yards, like average yards of separation on those completions are. I'm assuming a lot because there's a lot of help on Christian McCaffrey and the running game, especially running 21 personnel. You've got base defenses out there. Safety's playing down, trying to help cover the run. But we saw it a handful of times. Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, even Mike Edwards a couple times tested down the field and one-on-one situations, and they made the play. And so um, 
you expect those guys to step up and make plays, but it's the Felix Andy Duque Uzama. Turk Wharton made a few plays. I know Craig Stout was talking about Mike Dana's performance and what he was able to do in the game last night. And you could go on and on and on and find these individual plays that, you know, in a regular season game may get forgotten, but when everything's magnified and you need everyone to step up and do their job, George Karloff just stepped up and did his job uh, and is a player that is going to be, regardless of whatever happens with Chris, even if Chris is back, George Karloff is going to be a reason. If the Chiefs are a dynasty, it's because of guys like George Karloff, uh, Mike Dana, Turk Wharton, Drew Tranquil. Mm. Those are the guys that uh, that have to also get it done. It can't just be the guys you're paying a ton of money to. Um, you're superstars. You need everybody to do it, and that's what makes it special, and that's why it's fun to follow. All right, let's move on to number eight. Um, Tommy Townsend and a 40-yard punt that was muffed by 49ers cornerback Daryl Luter Jr. Jalen Watson was able to jump on the fumble, setting up the Chiefs offense at the 16-yard line. We talked about that. One thing, watching that play live, Tucker, I couldn't understand why Luter was going after the ball. I think it hit the calf. It did. It yeah. did. Okay. Uh, it, I, I didn't have the greatest view, and we were too busy jumping up and down and celebrating yeah. to see. And the whole time I was like, what is he doing? Why is he touching it? And then I saw one clip of a replay. Look like it hit his leg. I'm like, okay, that's actually a pretty heads up effort to try and do that. Right. Um, just a perfect play from Tommy. Yeah. Look, Tommy had a good game. He didn't. It, it was the worst punt he had. Was the one that got him <laughs> right. off. So uh, that and Tommy Townsend hadn't always had the best performances in big games. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to step up the way that he did, pretty nice. It was a good. It was needed, and you can't forget on the now Super Bowl long field goal by Harrison Bucker. That snap was high. Yeah. He he all the and he, he put that sucker down. Like it was that was a very impressive Let's, effort from Tommy. I love James Winchester. But that made me nervous. Oh boy. I love Creed Humphrey too. But damn something's gonna he's like, gonna figure something out. We gotta figure out shotgun snaps because go he got to a point where I was like, I am nervous. We gotta go to every time he's back there. and figure that out, I guess. But you got so. Mahomes. You'd be all right. All right. We got two more. We have eleven things for you. I lied. We got Shane you know, change the title of the entire show. Redo the graphics, Tucker. We got 11 things today. Anyway, Chanel blocks it up. Leo Chanel came up on a big play on special teams in the fourth quarter. 49ers kicker Jake Moody attempted an extra point with 11 minutes to go in the game, but Chanel got his hand on the ball blocking the kick. The block kept the score within a field goal at 16-13. Harrison Butker converted on the next drive, tying the game at 16-16. Chanel had a big impact on the game on the defensive side of the ball, totaling six tackles, three of which were solo, a tackle for loss, a quarterback hit, and a forced fumble. I didn't know that. That was okay. I thought it was Mike Dana that got his hand on the ball. So I learned that this morning when I read this, that it was actually Leo Chanel. Leo was flying around. Pretty damn impressive again for another second-year player, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, uh, George Karloftis, that they just keep getting it done. That's crazy. And of all the plays in, that made everything, that blocked extra point was the one we were... So the strain that we were on with Bleach Report, we were on it with Jason and Andrew, two 49ers guys from a bar in San Francisco. So we're watching this straight for anyone who wasn't watching it. We're watching this stream with, you know, on like looking at a monitor, kind of like I am right now. There's a monitor in front of me. And you could see the 49ers like watch party and you could see two diehard 49ers, much like Haley and I grew up in Kansas City. We love the Chiefs, always have. Uh, It was kind of, I like those guys, so it was not fun to watch. It wasn't like a trash-talking thing, but like you could just see the soul like kind of ripped out, especially at the end. Uh, but the blocked f- extra point, the whole time they were like, Mahomes is going to beat it. Like, we can't do this. Mahomes is going to come down. 
nobody's comfortable with it. And that's what made it beautiful is before it was, can he do this? And he's already at the point where like, oh, we're in trouble. Even when they were winning is like, this is not good. And he goes down and freaking does it, which is just awesome. Uh, but also tough to watch. But when they missed the the extra point, it was probably as down as they got. So like, that was it. Like that was, keep giving a team like the Chiefs these little moments. Um, and as we people have talked, did the 49ers lose it or did the Chiefs go win it? And it depends who you are. And at the end of the day, one team's got to get a ring and a trophy, a banner, a lot of t-shirts and hats. A lot of t-shirts. A lot of t-shirts. Make sure you grab all that stuff because you never know. Much we talk about this at the beginning of a diet, you never know what's going to happen. So let's not take it for granted. And where I could take it for granted that you get a little bonus number right here at number 11. Again, appreciate everybody for hanging out. That's Harrison Butker. Completes his historic season. Harrison Butker had another perfect performance. His 18th of the season. Going four for four on field goals. Hitting his, extra, his one extra point. And converting on field goals of 28, 57, 24, and 29 yards to send the game into overtime where the Chiefs came out victorious in Super Bowl 58. The four field goal performance ties Don Chandler in 1968 and Ray Wershing in 1982 for the most field goals in a Super Bowl. His 57-yard field goal in the third quarter eclipsed an NFL record for the longest field goal in Super Bowl history, a record that was set at 55 yards in the first half of that game by the 49ers Jake Moody. The kick was the longest in Chiefs postseason history and ties him with three other kickers for the third longest field goal in NFL postseason play. It was Butker's sixth postseason field goal of 50 or more yards, passing Adam Vinatieri for the most 50-plus yard field goals to con- converted in postseason games. That's a stat. With 13 points in Super Bowl 58, Butker brought his career total to 158 postseason points, passing Gary Anderson for the fifth most postseason points in NFL history. Got him off a practice squad. And got him off a practice squad. That's an all-time fine for Brett Veach. Yeah. That one, and don't know if it was Veach, Dorsey, all the years get mixed up um, and who does what. Now it was Dorsey. Um, but if the Traverius Ward... Uh, I, yeah, Traverius Ward, and I saw it in the game notes that were sent out from the communications department, it was actually incorrect, said that he entered the league as an undrafted free agent with the Chiefs, uh, which wasn't correct. He started with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs traded Parker Anger, um, a, mm-hmm. like at that time, a second-year offensive lineman who got cut a few months later from the Cowboys. The Chiefs got Traverius Ward for a lineman that didn't last three months on the Cowboys roster, and obviously Traverius Ward had great career Great time in Kansas City, and then has played well. I don't know how he played last night. I didn't really stand. I didn't even know if I saw him on the field, to be honest with you. He's an all-pro, and he's making all kinds of money. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's happy. I knew he had a great season, and it was one of those guys that got paid and feel like they got their money's worth on what they paid him, which isn't always the case on big contracts. Most of mm-hmm. the time, at some point, you end up regretting that, or you a five-year deal that's promoted is actually a three-year deal, and they're cut after three years, and there's dead cap money that's involved. And it's a lot of times, those big contracts, you end up, not wanting to pay for work they already did. Right. You're giving a contract for what you think they will do, uh, which is something in a a perspective that's going to be in a thought that's going to be brought up with Chris Jones. Uh, just mm-hmm. to have that. No one will have that conversation now, but that is going to be part of that conversation is paying him for what you're getting beyond what he is right now at 30 years old, not what he's done for you. That being said, 
Chris wants to be here. You can find out a way to keep him. Awesome. I have no idea how that would be viewed or received by his agents um, and how that would all work because of what they wanted and what they expect. They're just trying to do the best for Chris and we get that. Um, At least you should get that. That's their job and that's what they're trying to do. And they're talking with Chris throughout all of this. So hopefully um, another Super Bowl and the opportunity to go for five, six Super Bowl rings would entice him enough to to come back and hopefully the Chiefs can figure it out. Hopefully they can figure it out early too. Yeah. So you don't tie up Gosh. all the cap space all off season so they can't do anything. But um but anyway, those are all the things that we have. We're gonna spend the next couple minutes here at the end of the show uh answering any questions, um, uh, reacting to any comments that y'all have that are that are watching live. So again, we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Uh see got a couple hundred people watching there on YouTube. So uh let us know. What stood out to you from the game? What you're going to remember most? Maybe an individual play uh, that you think stood out above the rest? Because there's a lot to choose from in that game. Obviously, the McColl, the game winner, is going to be one. But for me, honestly, it sounds so dumb. I always pit. I've been like this forever. It's always like the most random play that I'm like, that's the one that made the difference. I think the biggest play in the game was the muff punt. I love that changed yeah. everything because yeah. I think the 40, whether it was the Chiefs offense figuring something out, we talked about the man zone stuff, and that's a much more complex conversation. But and one that I'm not necessarily even qualified to have. Um, I'm just curious about all of it. I know the questions to ask. I just can't mm-hmm. explain it myself. Um, the muffed punt changed everything because, again, the Chiefs offense, the three offensive drives after that, all going over 60 yards, all more than 10 plays, all resulting in points. Yeah. Again, number I'm going to keep bringing up, 46% of the Chiefs offensive yards came on their final three drives of 13 mm-hmm. in the game. And, again, that's quantifying clutch. I think Scott Kazmer used to do that with like the fourth quarter lead comeback stats on social media for so many years, but that's a Patrick Mahomes stat. Final drive, eight for eight, three rushes for 27 yards, converting two third downs and a fourth down to win a Super Bowl and cement himself as potentially in the conversation and a very short conversation of the greatest quarterback to ever play and he's 28 years old. Absolutely nuts i got a we got a question here from uh noah which trade that like acquisition will run corn doc to win the super bowl next year <sighs> jakeem grant okay yeah I'll, I'll take it it won't be a trade deadline one this is kind of funny when you think about Kadarius tony running in and michael harbin running a similar sort of play both trade deadline acquisitions won't be trade deadline but which receiver is going to catch it next year jakeem grant Hollywood Brown. Mm. Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Sky Moore. Roman Wilson. At this point, it's going to be Sky Moore. It's probably going to be freaking Kadarius Tony at this point. <laughs> Although, his social media may have kept him off the team. Yeah, we'll see how that. We'll see how that all. You can't do that. We'll see how that shakes out. Did you get my reference? I know. I, I found it. Yeah. The only reference it. I understand from that show. It's a good one. It's a good reference. Uh, Ross Sawyer, he's, he asked, Mahomes has 162 yards in the Super Bowl rushing yards. Franco Harris has a record at 350. Might he end up with the most rush yards by a player if he keeps up that pace? Interesting to think about. That would be cool. That's a cool stat. He's on pace for it. If he goes to six more Super Bowls. How old was Brady last his last year? Oh, he was 41? 42? What do you think? 42, 43 maybe? Let me check that. 
Patrick Mahomes can play for 14 more years. He's 46 right now. He's only been out for two years, right? So he's he was 44. Yeah. So this is Mahomes says he's 40. Let's just say 42. Okay. He's got 13 more seasons. With advancements in modern medicine, I mean, we can't, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't count them out. And Andy Reid going to the playoffs, what, 10 times in 11 years? Like, they'll be in the playoffs. Do I think they're going to win 10 Super Bowls over the next, like, 13 years? Probably not. But we can't give enough credit to everybody else. But we can't count it out because I won't ever bet against them. I don't care how much they struggle. We saw this Chiefs team figure out a way to reinvent themselves during the season. We saw it last year that the offense was able to reinvent itself after Tyree Kill was no longer here and they were able to function. We saw the team this year. It took a little bit longer on the offensive side, but the defense did its did enough. Special teams steady. You didn't have a lot of the problems compounding at the same time across the entire team. You just had a lot of the same problems on the offensive side um, to not function. But they figured it out, and they figured out a way to get it done. And if they can get Chris Jones back, I think there's a very realistic scenario where you look on paper at whatever they do this offseason with the cap space they have, draft, so many young guys coming back. It's the youngest defense in the NFL. These guys are coming back. They can get Chris Jones, Legereus Need, Nick Bolton figured out. If all those guys somehow can come back, Drew Tranquil, um, I just kind of assume that he's coming back. Uh, from all the interviews, it sounds like he absolutely loves it here. Yeah. And if he's not going to get paid a ton of money relative, and it's a little surprising that even the projections from PFF of what his contract could look like this offseason is like two years at like 3.4 per year. Yeah, it's really weird. It's surprising to me um, when you look at some of the contracts of the top linebackers. I know he's not a top, he's not Fred Warner, he's not a Roquan or a Patrick Queen, um, but Dick Bolton's going to get paid three times that, four times, five times that. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of money. About, yeah. He, 15, 17. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to be closer to, he's, he'll probably be closer to 20 than he is 15. He's getting six times more money than Drew yeah. Tranquil. Yeah. Crazy. Not a knock on, not a knock on Nick Bolt. Nick Bolt. Just crazy to think about that. Yeah. Oh, it's just the financial side of it. But again, you get those guys back, all the second year players are going to be a year better. Just nuts yeah. to think about. And then offensively, though, you got to get guys. This is the hard part. You got to get guys that on paper will be better. You could have a better wide receiver core next year, but that group's got to be able to prove that they can get it done in crunch time. Yeah. For sure. So you might say they're more talented, but are they going to make the plays that the over-the-shoulder play that MVS made against the Ravens? Mm. The last one was he. I mean, he was open. It hit him in the hands. Like every receiver in the NFL should make that catch. I know it was a big moment, but they should make that catch. But the contested one that he made, right. and the plays that he made the year before against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, like those are phenomenal plays, not just a solid play and a phenomenal moment. You know, and those are two different things. So, all right, we've got about one more minute here. No react to any other questions or comments that we've got coming up. But again, we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Uh, we have Only Weird Games will be going live uh, later today. The Lab will be going live. Uh, we're recording this Monday afternoon. The Lab will be going live Monday night. And we'll have the, the rest of the shows here at KC Sports Network throughout the rest of this week, breaking it all down. And Tuck, we're just a couple, week, couple weeks away from the Combine, buddy. We sure are. We'll, we'll be, be out up there. Indianapolis to start covering. Yep. NFL. We've already been covering the NFL draft. We spent a week in Texas at the Shrine Bowl. So it's yep. getting into draft season, which if you know anything about the, the lab guys, this is, they're 
second Super Bowl. Big time. They love it. Not the draft being in Kansas City, not as much uh maybe pressure this year when it comes to draft coverage and stuff, but uh Yeah. Drafts in Detroit this year. I just saw they released renderings for their stage. Seemed a little late to just announce renderings for a draft stage that is three months late. But listen, I'm not a city planner. I don't I don't get in, planner. You don't, don't get involved in all that. Here's a fun fact from Jack. He says uh, Kelsey on his 22 yard catch on game tying field goal drive. He was clocked by next gen stats at 19.7 miles per hour, highest speed ever reached. That is a great one. Look, I was watching. I was rewatching the game in there, and I said, uh, "I said to Joel, he looked, he looked fast. Like there, he looked like I, I hadn't seen Travis Kelsey move like that in a long time." Gotta love it. Gotta love it. And we're gonna continue to love on this uh, until next year. And the Chiefs can continue to call themselves the defending Super Bowl champions for another three hundred and sixty days or so before they get a chance to to go for the three peak. Hopefully, hopefully, keep everybody healthy. Uh, it's gonna be a fun off season to break down what the Chiefs can do to not um, to to reload this okay. team, and uh, they've got some internal stuff they got to figure out first. But hopefully, they get answers to that, so it kind of frees up um, their stuff to execute whatever plan they put together. Uh, at this point, given the benefit of the doubt, the equity they've earned to to make these moves and to make these decisions, whether we like them in the moment or not, see how it all plays out. But again, we appreciate everybody for hanging out for Tucker Franklin. I'm BJ Kissel. Thanks for watching 10 Things and supporting us here at KC Sports Network. It doesn't get lost on us that uh, we get to do what we love to do because uh, you guys listening and you're supporting what we have going on and we don't ever take that for granted. We won't ever take that for granted. So thank you and we'll see you all next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.